Fishbowl Studios in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for joining us all around the world. We have so much to talk about today. So many things have happened just in the past week alone. So let's start with um, a great, great, great subject of mine, which is education. Uh, my article this week is on the expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. There's $10,000 just laying out there for you to get. You have to be a student from one of the HBCUs, historically black colleges. And you know what? The greatest part of the show today is that the deadline is today. So I want you to log on, go into HBCU or call me. You can call two numbers. You can call the private number. You can call into the studio. For parents that are listening, mothers, grandmothers, uncles, whoever is listening, every year we turn money back in to the corporations, to the government, because we didn't use the money. So our children need the money. All right, on the cover of the post, which is also on the internet, and on the inside is my article, and that is on get the $10,000, because we need black journalists. We need minority journalists to write our stories. And there's so many stories out there we haven't told yet. Uh, I'm always delighted to have my grandchildren around because I get the opportunity to tell them a story that they, some they remember, some they'll tell me, oh, you told me that already. Well, I want to make sure <laughs> <laughs> you got it <laughs> because I want you to be able to use it. And it will use you. So I'm going to have one of the grandsons on in a few minutes. Along with a $10,000 scholarship from the HBCU, that's really important, comes money. So there's $10,000 here, and there's a $5,000 stipend. Do you know what a stipend is? A stipend is spending money. <laughs> a stipend is lunch money, party money, whatever I want to do with it. Now, don't get it out of balance, because if you do all of the partying and not taking care of the stories, we have a little bit of a problem. I have a problem. Now, along with the $10,000 scholarship to $5,000, thousand dollar uh, stipend there is a brand new car it doesn't get any better hey yeah what do you think I mean, they get a car they get to drive one of the electric cars I have done this survey for General Motors it is uh, the cars are great I've had probably two cars that I drove mm -hmm. um, that's a, another whole story but right now I want to open the show with scholarships this is May June is coming all you got to do is take your phone and put in historically black HB colleges and universities. That's all you have to do. And you're going to get this information. On the cover, we talk about HBCU students, electrify your future with Chevrolet. This is sponsored by Chevrolet or General Motors. Mm -hmm. And the Discover the Unexpected Fellowship. It's a fellowship between General Motors and nice. the historically black schools. And they have had it for a long time, Pastor. We've had this Ooh. program, let's see, I've been to, uh, been with them maybe three or four years. No, two, last two years we've had the pandemic. But it has been there a while. Most nice. important, nice. most important. You heard it on the Esther Davis show. Um, now, the deadline is today. And I know a lot of people, why didn't you tell us earlier? Well, let me tell you something, they do it every year. So go ahead and register for next year. There is nothing wrong with being proactive right. about your future. Yes. Uh, the money is there. Several years ago, where I do get totally confused and very uh, annoyed is that look on your phone. We've turned back in more than $25 million and scholarship funding some years ago. Don't hold me down to the year. Look it up. That money, if it's not used, if it's not applied for by students, students of color, African Americans, Hispanics, if it's not applied for, it goes back to its original home, which is in the case I'm talking about, right? It's corporations. Mm -hmm. So we're not utilizing the talents and the tools mm -hmm. that we have. It's uh, called the HBCU student, electrify your future, and uh, the expect the unexpected, $10,000.
We will say congratulations to the no new press secretary for President Biden. Who <laughs> Let's give him all a big, big, big round of applause. <laughs> Um, one of the things that we have talked about on this show is the polling. I don't know where the polling is coming from, but obviously they're not polling the African-American race, and they're not polling the people that voted for the president, uh, again, who is doing a great, great job. So if you're not being polled, then uh, express and let us hear your voice. Uh, my guest is Max. She's not a guest right now. She's homegrown talent. That's a good word for you. <laughs> homegrown talent. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm good. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Just glad to be back in the studio here with well, Esther Davis. Oh, we're happy to have you back. Yes. All right, uh, you are on the cover of the Elite News. Yes, was so excited to be on the cover and yeah. to, to present the new ministry that's out in Haslett, Texas. Yeah. So just excited about what the Lord is doing. We are growing uh, every Sunday. We're having visitors, and I'm just excited wow, about Wow, you're having it. visitors. Yes. What is the terrain like out there? What kind of people do you, I mean, is you it know, the diversity? The diversity is there is not many African Americans in Haslett. Mm -hmm. It is really dominated by a Caucasian race. Okay. But because they got Pastor Charles out there, <laughs> I come to shake some things up. And I'm trying to bring more of us over into Haslett. So I, I got people that are coming from Allen, people that are coming from Dallas. Wow. So, you know, I'm just really excited about that. People that are coming from Fort Worth, Denton. Yeah. You know, yeah. Louisville. So the Bible said, whosoever will, let, let them, them come. come. So coming. come on, black folks, to Haslett, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> we, had, we had a fight this weekend. Let's round up our, our week. We had a big fight. Uh, we had a big fight. Yeah, we did have a big fight. And uh, the big fight was a boxing event. Now, for those of you that are not Dallasite, the guy in the center is... His name is Hatley. Charles Hatley is, the whole family is a famous family here in North Texas. Uh, the female on the outside is Chicken. Her name is Soretta. And of course, we have Ray Valentino, who is from the uh, great, great community, uh, Mexican-American community. Now, mm -hmm. we had five fights. And later on, I'm going to have my grandson to come and tell you how great that was. And it was. Boxing is going to continue. It is a sport. It is a disciplined sport. We're supporting it because um, we, they are supporting missing black girls. Right. And they are supporting trafficking. All right. Roy Jones, yeah. Isn't that great? Yes, it is awesome. Yes. Roy Jones Jr. was here. And you can look his name up. He, is on, he was on his way to the uh, International mm -hmm. Boxing Hall of Fame. Right. And uh, I mean, the guy is the guy was great. You know, we think of boxers as being maybe incoherent. Hey, I don't even know if your mic is on. Uh, Grave, is his mic on? He's all good. He's all good. Can you get a little closer? Are you ready to report now about the boxing? You're gonna do it later. I'll do it later if you want me to. Do yeah, it later. do it later. Okay, we'll talk about the. Um, yeah, you came down. You came in for the boxing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I worked that event, mingled. Network. Yeah. Okay, give us, go ahead and give us what you thought about. You're 21 years old. He's a hot shot 21. All right. <laughs> Come on, hot what shot. What is that supposed to mean, you know? Um, <laughs> and we did it down at Deep Ellum, but it was great. What, did, was, what uh, did you think? It was a great match, honestly. Um, we didn't get to see too much of it because of the ending of it, however. But um, it was a great bout. It was a great bout. Charles Hadley got knocked out in the second round, sadly. <laughs> But um, he boxed well. He boxed well. He is a champion with two belts. He fought um, a lower contender. Okay. I think his title. I think his record was about eighteen and two. But he came and he showed him something. He but had, he still got knocked out. I mean, he got he knocked, knocked out. But in you the know, second round. You win and you lose. <laughs> you, win and, you win and you lose. I think we He'll got more back. calls about the knockout than we have the entire entire evening. We were at a famous place in uh, Dallas. The factory. The factory. Uh, we had a sellout crowd. Uh, everything was done very well. It was great, absolutely great. What did you do? Um, I escorted high-profile people to their seats like, and catered to them okay. in certain ways. So um, 
like the judges, the uh, judicial judge, I had escorted them to a seat. Okay. Um, I met with, you know, I, I've been talking about him this whole weekend, Ron Bolden, met with him. Ron um, Bolden, okay. Cared to him a bit. So I was just kind of playing, I don't know what you would call that, uh, a liaison kind of, like just making sure everything ran smoothly, got placed in certain, certain areas. How big is that place? Uh, man, I'd say probably about like 40,000 square feet, 30,000 square feet. And they had not had a, a boxing match there. Uh, to all of the judges that came, we know we cannot call your names, but uh, the police officers of the police department who uh, was there, everybody was there, literally. <laughs> so you think we ought to continue doing that? You liked the venue, didn't you? Yeah, the venue was great. Um, it was just honestly great to see so many people from the community showing up mm. just to support, you know, Charles Hadley and Chicken, you know, people from the community. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see. It was nice to see uh, the boxing community there, male and female. Christy Martin came to town. Christy Martin is a boxer, a legendary boxer. And uh, the reason she got into the business is, as I mentioned to uh, Pastor Charles, she's been beaten and shot. Oh, wow. She recovered uh, in her career. And she wanted to come to Dallas to visit shelters, mm -hmm. women's shelters. Mm -hmm. Well, we ran out of time on that whole cycle thing because she was in demand. Channel 8 was great. All of the networks were just marvelous to work with. Mm -hmm. But women are the ones who are the targets of abuse. Yes. So yes. her message is basically uh, concentrate on yourself. Yes. That's the message that she has. So I did spend some time with her. And we lost her there for a minute because, you know, people are flying and they're driving and uh, they don't get places on time. Uh -huh. So we have to sort of follow up and see where they are. And that throws you behind just a little bit. We finally, yes, we finally yes. got her. And the sad part about it, Miss Davis, is that we would be really surprised on what a lot of our celebrities go through on a personal level mm. in their homes, the abuse, the drugs, the mistreatment. Absolutely right. Oh, we would be surprised. Well, all that glitz and glamour is not always glamorous. No, <clears> it's not, because if we remember what Diane Carroll said, she said, I got money, I got fame but I don't have a man, mm -hmm. I'm lonely, before she died. And she put her interview on TV to say to all of us women, don't go out like this. Really? Yes. I, I loved her when, well, her early days, I remember when she had one of the first television shows, first black television shows. Yes. Okay. But she stated, she told us women, don't go out lonely. <laughs> no man, you got money, you got fame, but nobody to hold you well, at how night. Old, how old was she when she died? Oh, she was up there. I don't remember how old she was. Okay. Okay. But she was, she, she had enough experience. But she wrote a book. She wrote a book. And she did. Um, I know she's done. We're talking about Diane Carroll movies, on yesterday. Movies. Plays. Mm -hmm. She's done enough to tell us younger women to, like you just said with the boxer, yeah. work on yourself. And, and that's, I think we get caught up in the makeup and the, uh, the hairdos and the dresses and all of the and glamour. And the money, and the money. Uh, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know about the money. I think it's important. Let's talk about the money because we want to believe that people have a lot of money. But I remember uh, Muhammad Ali and we went to a, one of his boxing matches mm -hmm. in another state. And his entourage was 17 people. Mm -hmm. All right. Even to put together when I was on network, when my show was on network, it took eight people on PAX TV mm -hmm. and NBC to put my show together. So we leave out the cost of what things cost. I mean, yes. Gabe is an expensive person. You have to pay Gabe. You got yes. <laughs> There are things attached to that money. So if you have, uh, if you make a million dollars for an appearance, mm -hmm. how much of that is expenses for being there? And that's the part we always overlook. Yes. Uh, the boxing world is no different from any other business because it's a business, mm -hmm. but it does help to shape lives and to give you some kind of a direction. So uh, we're there, and it's self-defense. And it's so funny because when I was younger, I used to want a box. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, yes. Why? Yes. Why did you want a box? You know, we women 
get angry and and we hold our emotions in a lot of times. Oh, really? And okay. we don't realize that take up a hobby to release your anger. <laughs> <laughs> and boxing is one of them. <laughs> At the, uh, there is a Mayweather gym that we are rolling down to, and it would be in Cedar Hill. So that's one of the things to release the stress is yes. start you know boxing and using a boxing group. Ah, back to my handsome grandson over here. You had some help the day of the, uh, uh, what was that, the weigh-in? Yeah. I had not been to a weigh-in. Oh, okay. I didn't That's know that many people came to a weigh-in. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, where did these people come from? Um, a weigh-in essentially is just they're just checking weights for the boxers, making sure that they comply. And then if they don't, then they have a certain amount of time to get below the weight. So it's kind of like notifying you before the actual event happens. That way you don't just show up to the event and you're overweight and can't fight. Because there's weight classes with boxing. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of gyms that came out and showed out. Uh, one of them being Montoya, Montoya Gym. Uh, I met Mr. Montoya himself. I was doing a little bit of uh, event set up for them. Mm -hmm. Met uh, one of the coaches there, Coach D, great guy. Great, great guy. He was pretty fun to fun to be around. Mm -hmm. Then I met uh, another gentleman. His name his name is uh, Khaled. He works for or works with Cedric Brown um, Kingdom Boxing Gym, mm -hmm. and that was fun being around him. He's a light, very energetic. I met a, good, a lot of good people during during that weigh in and um, along throughout the match. A lot of good connections there. Very good. So what did you take from all of this? Because you yeah. seemed like you had a lot of interference with a lot of different kind of people. Um. That's a good question. What did you take from this? You can be black and excellent. Oh, I love it! I love it! You don't get I love it! Black and excellent. Yes. And I had a little bit of a surprise because, you know, nothing ever runs the way you have it planned. Yes. So, for my audiences, the Dallas police chief had a town hall session this entire weekend. He's a great guy, Garcia. And it was in a depressed part of town. So we mm. leave the double tree at the Galleria, mm -hmm. go all the way down to Spring Avenue, mm -hmm. uh, a, a predominantly black area in town. That's where the town hall meeting was held for the police chief. Well, when they find out Roy Jones is in town, they say, can you bring him over? The first answer you know, is no, we can't bring him over. He has managers, he has this, but he had a boxer, a young boxer that came with him. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. he looked like he could fight good. Um. Uh, but why didn't he box? The person that he was actually going against didn't make weight. So during that weigh-in, he came in and they told him how much he was overweight. Ooh. And um, yeah, but he already knew that he was overweight. So they just kind of, I don't really understand what his plan or tactic was, like going in, like how he, because I think it was around like I, I can't I mean, remember. He knew he was number, overweight, and they knew was, he was overweight. Yeah, but he was still going to fight. They just gave him extra opportunity to lose the weight. But that didn't happen. They still paid him, though. They paid uh, Roy wow. Rons Jr.'s uh, boxer for showing up. They paid him because he was ready. He trained. He looked like he was ready to go, ready to get but in the ring and show overweight. himself. But his opponent was overweight. Mm. So he didn't show so up. So he didn't show up. Mm. But Roy Williams, I went to talk to him. This is the boxer. He was great. He says, where are we going? Well, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what happened? Uh, kudos to the police chief and to Major Quibbs, Q-U-I-B-B. -B. What happened is that the police and the major says, we'll send a car to pick them up. They were arrived with the police. So they went to pick them up to bring them over to the town hall uh, meeting. And he actually spoke. Media was there. Media has been with us all weekend. A thank you to, and we're proud of our media. So, Roy Jones Jr. actually spoke at the town hall meeting to people. And he did tell everybody, I have been to prison. Mm -hmm. I've been all over the world. I do have money. I do have da 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 da. Mm -hmm. But he had, you have to, this is what he said, you have to depend on God. The person you really depend on is your creator. And his message was just resounding. His message, the room got so quiet. And here's a boxer, a world-class wow. boxer, mm. telling people how to conduct their lives. Now, he came early. He is friends with Floyd Mayweather. But he came early because he's on his way to be inducted into the International 
Boxing Hall of Fame. I didn't know they even had one of those. Did you know that? Oh, of course. Muhammad Ali's in there. Mike Tyson's in there. Of course, all the greatest big names in there. Where it's, is it? What is it looking? Um, I don't know where it's at. I haven't been. Well, we got to go. Well, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to go. International Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, I did write a little bit of a history about boxing because boxing uh, actually started, of course, in England. Uh, it was a way for the rich to settle their differences. Interesting. Mm. Isn't that interesting? It is. <laughs> Very interesting. Now, were we used for that? Uh, that was before we were brought to America. I think my, the research that I did went back to the 17th century. It's kind of like a dueling dispute instead yeah, of shooting each other with guns dueling, or getting in there. We've had gladiators, and then we've had boxers. Boxers. Okay. And then it came to America, one of the icons that we would recognize mm -hmm. through uh, President Theodore Roosevelt. Oh. Great history, because he loved boxing. Oh, okay. So, but in the 21st century, the African American has dominated mm -hmm. the boxing Every world. Sport. Yes, as a sport, as a sport. Um, Who else can you name? Um, Boxers. Well, Ain't Hulk Hogan a boxer? Who? Or he's wrestling. Who? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, used to, I used to watch him. Who is Hulk Hogan? So, is he? No, he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. wrestler. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's still a sport. It's a, but it's not boxing. No, no. Boxing <laughs> is great. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with boxing, and we have already started some of the programs that the boxers have initiated. One is um, Gloves for Greatness. That is a program that Mayweather has. That's a program that Cedric Brown has. And that, those are our students. So we didn't have, yeah, you worked with one of the students. From Marquise? Uh, Jarvis. Jarvis? Yeah. Or yeah. Marquise? Jarvis. Marquise goes to Jarvis. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. that's what we found. And so we gave that group of young men uh, boxing gloves so that they will be encouraged to stay in school. Nice. And they were already nice. boxing. They were boxing on their own time, but they didn't have gloves. Nice. Isn't that something? Yes. I said, how do you box without gloves? He said, the way they do on television. <laughs> 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 but uh, they were given gloves, and that's a program that's also on the internet. Uh, it's Gloves for Greatness, started by the Mayweather. So there's a lot of other things with missing black girls. All right. Um, you had a comment about the killing this weekend. Such a tragic story. story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sad that, you know, that the world feel that we African Americans are such a threat. Mm. We are here to survive and to live and to cohabit just like everybody else, but it is sad that so much racism has risen so high in the land. And you know, this killing that happened at the supermarket, as I was reading the story, it was planned it was ordained by a white man. And why do the white man feel threatened by us black American people? I don't understand this. Now, we know that if this was an African-American guy that went up and shot Caucasian people in a supermarket store, number one, he would not have survived. Mm. And number two, mm -hmm. if they wanted him to survive, they would have scuffed him up beat him up, brought him out of there, locked up, and would throw him under the jail, would be trying to give him legal injection. <laughs> on, the, on the scene. On the scene. So what you're, what you're really uh, irritated about, that was not a scratch on him. Not right? a I have, scratch. I have to agree with you on that. And you know, because they brought him out the way they brought him out, not a scratch, <laughs> makes me wonder is his parents is somewhat of an importance, <laughs> is why it wasn't handled on the same line as an African-American black male. We've had that come in before. We were talking about how much respect this young man, 18 years old. I realize he's 18 years old. I realize there's probably an awful lot of other things going on. But what do you think, and, and I'll ask uh, Mr., what do I call you, Alexander the Great? Alex, <laughs> Alexander the Great. I mean, what do you think about the way the police, a lot of the police, the police are a necessary part of our society. Mm -hmm. Let's clear that up first. But why was it that killer given so much respect? And I know that's going to be, I don't care, if you, well, I do care. But if you disagree, fine. You can call us in. That's what I was going to do. Gabe, I don't have that number. 214 431 
5032. You can call in and express your opinion about it. And even when we're gone, you can give me a call. I'm totally, totally accessible. The what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Accessible to who? <laughs> <laughs> to to her audience. To my, to my audiences. Yes. I, you know what? This is so funny, cause, but, but I do return phone calls. And, but you get, yes. give me 24 hours to call you back. Yeah. Uh, the fight got us totally, totally inundated, but you can call in. So how do we change this world? What one thing, two things that we need to do? We know about the disparity with the police departments, mm -hmm. but what do you want us to do? First of all, there's no more protect and serve. Policemen need to take that down because they're not protecting and mm -hmm. serving the African-American community. It is yeah. sad to say that we can call 911 and we are waiting mm -hmm. sometimes for hours. Caucasian people can call the law that they're in a minute, 10 minutes, sometimes less than. Wow. And there's That's no more. Time. That's response time. Response time. But yeah. there's no more protect and serve on our policemen. I don't trust the police anymore. You don't? I do not. Because nowadays they're racial profiling for mm -hmm. no reason. Mm -hmm. It used to be they just really did it to our black men. Now they're doing it to our women. Just racial wow. profiling, stopping, just trying to find a cause. I live in Haslett, Texas, and I tell you, every time I drive through there in Haslett, the cops are looking, looking to see if my inspection is correct. Okay. okay. Look, They're looking for a reason because I'm black. I've been over in Frisco. Policeman followed me. I'm sure he was running my plate. Yeah. I was over yeah. in a really nice area. What's she doing over here? She don't belong. It's racial profiling. But he didn't stop you at that time. He didn't stop me, but he was behind me running the plate, making sure do she got insurance. Because they can see if you got insurance, if you're oh, legal, yeah. Oh, yeah. if your tags are up. Now, so tell me why he didn't get behind the other person. I wasn't speeding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He didn't stop me. So I was well within the law. But it's disturbing to me if I have a citizen that says, I don't. I don't trust the police. I don't. We gotta trust the police. I don't trust. What, the police. what do you think about diversity? No. What do you think about diversity on the police force? The police. Because I, I, I know our world is not white any longer. See, that's part of our problem. Our world is not white. It is so diversified. But what has happened? First of all, the police have um, done so many. Crooked. Just to just to Go touch ahead. on that diversity. Okay. Um, the Latino community in America has grown double the percentage that the black community has grown in. True. So True. their presence has, as a minority group, has even trumped ours, even though that we've been here longer. So what do you say? <clears throat> what do you say? If we got to, we got to have solutions. We all know what the problems are. So is the solution to hire more Latino police officers? More African American police officers? And that's one of the things the president has done. Mm -hmm. He has appointed people to his cabinet, mm -hmm. to his administration that look like America. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do you say? Well, I feel like, um, me personally, uh, the problem starts with identity. Like, these people are coming from different backgrounds, and once they get into a certain group, obtain a certain type of identity. Mm -hmm. So much so that I mean that maybe a black officer from South Oak Cliff who grew up in the rough, you know, a really rough area gets into the force, and then now he is a cop. He's not, he's not the same guy from South Oak Cliff. He has a brotherhood to protect or like a family that he feels like he belongs to. So he doesn't uphold the same values. Okay. So I feel like the issue starts with everyone's identity, not feeling like they're all connected. Everyone's feeling like they're in these groups or segregated off into these sections when really what we should be working towards is like having a feeling of connectedness through everybody. But that doesn't happen whenever we have, you know, individuals who say I don't trust the police or individuals who say that the police are always trying to get me or people who feel like oh the police don't ever do anything wrong you know because there's once we have that disconnect or like once we don't have those connections and everything gets how it is now where we have people being treated unfairly which is how it starts and, and, for me. But, but, but then living in a democracy now this is this is a, a question for both of you. Living in a democracy mm -hmm. where we go vote. Why is our voting rate down seven and eight percent? You, you can't, you got to say this 
and and this, this is a grandson. He knows all of them know that how do the world really operates. Mm -hmm. So if you don't go vote, why are you disgruntled? Well, I'm a voter, okay, and I believe in voting. I push Good. my family to vote. Great. And uh, I wanted to bring up on what you were talking about is that, do y'all remember the story why I say I don't trust the police when they broke into the girl house, the African-American girl, Brianna. shot mm -hmm. her, killed her? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do that say trust the police? No, but that's a lack of identity. They're not, they not <laughs> in tune with their community. They have no presence in their community. They don't understand what the people are actually like whenever they're there. They don't know who lives where, but they should. Like, that's their job. If you're going to protect and serve, then you should know where your people are at. What about well, the guy, what about the guy okay. with the mental illness that okay. was on the ground crying, Mama, Mama? Mm -hmm. and, and, and he was not, you know, he wasn't showing that I'm a threat. And they need him. They roughed him up. And we supposed to trust the police? We got to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back with Alexander the Great and, of course, <laughs> Pastor Charles. And get closer to the mic. I'll be right back. <laughs> we have... about the boxing this weekend we're talking about students going to school taking advantage of the scholarship funding and of course we're talking about the latest breaking news sorry about that the breaking news of the uh, racist shooting that we have a caller hello I'm Esther Davis you're on the Esther Davis show hello can you hear me this is Kane Hall Hamilton hey hey Jen how are you I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, you know, well, thank y'all for uh, the show and all the the issues that y'all are covering. You know, oh. my heart right now is uh, 
with those families in Buffalo. Yes. And uh, here locally also with uh, Gabrielle McDonald, you know, we have a lot, you know, who's missing. Um, and, you know, it just kind of underscores, you know, in, in Gabrielle's case that we really do need to uh, focus in on our children of yes. color who, yes. uh, who are missing. A lot of times they're overlooked. And so my heart goes out to her family. And, you know, we're hoping um, that uh, that we find her and, and you know, we're, we're praying and we're hoping that, that um, the ending uh, to, to this, you know, story is that they find, that they're able to find her. Uh, I know you uh, you want us to vote. We want, and we want our audiences to vote for Jan Hope Hamilton. Yes. Tell us how great you are. Because yeah. <laughs> well, we've got to you know, go listen, vote for please you. Please vote. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Please vote. You know, a lot of people um, aren't realizing that you can actually vote today through Friday. We're in the early vote phase. It's only one week. You do not get a weekend. So it's Monday, as in today, through Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. in Dallas County. As you know, we, we are voting centers here, so you can vote anywhere in the county. Um, also, this district does cover Grand Prairie and Arlington on the Tarrant County side, and the election day is next Tuesday, May 24th. But look, you know, we've been really calling this as it is. This is, you know, a, another case of David and Goliath, right? Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I say that because, uh, my opponent, Jasmine Crockett, you know, tends to think that, um, that, uh, you know, a super PAC or one person, I should say, Sam Bankman Freed, you know, it's all business as usual with him coming in with $2 million, uh, in support of her campaign. And that's how she's been able to get on TV and, you know, in the mailboxes and on the radio. Um, but we need to say no to that. We need to show that Congressional District 30 is not up for sale, especially to someone who's never stepped foot in this district, doesn't know us, doesn't know our issues. Right, right. I'm proud to say that in this race, I am the only person who has actually worked in Congress. You know, I've been a chief of staff to a member of Congress. I have worked on the U.S. House Rules Committee. I am extremely prepared uh, to step in on day one and get to work. I am the most qualified. I am the most experienced in this race. Um, and I also understand, you know, in a time where we have such heightened extremism, as we see in Buffalo, we need people who are going to go to Congress and be leaders that are coalition builders. We don't need any more people who are divisive and that are going to go with a lot of high rhetoric. We need people who can get in Congress and work with their delegation as Democrats and work across the aisle and actually get things done. And that is what I'm prepared to do. I'm prepared to go in on day one get to work and to deliver results because we for far too long um, have seen a lot of things that need to be handled and need focus on uh, being ignored and so I look forward to being able to use my skill set and my knowledge of how Congress works to deliver for Congressional District 30. Wow that is Jan Hope Hamilton the good part about this is this is one thing that you've got to remember you've got to remember she is the one most qualified she's the only candidate that has Washington experience. She's extremely prepared. And uh, we are, Jan, we are very, very aware that $2 million somebody has put into the campaign for Jasmine. And I want all of my audiences to understand that that is not money. We know where it came from, what was the, what are the purposes behind it. We want a candidate that's going to represent District 30. And that person is Jan Hope. Hamilton, say no, we are not going to have, we're not going to have people walking in telling us what to do. By the way, I live in District That's 30. Right. Yes, so we're going to vote for you. Thanks so much for Thank calling you. in. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for calling in. We'll keep talking too about you even next week, huh? We got to talk about you. Thank, thank you, Jen. You, thank you, Ms. Esther, and thank you, Pastor Charles. I appreciate what y'all are doing. Thank, thank you, thank you. Good. Thank you. We got hope. We got hope. We got hope <laughs> on the job. Hey, keep hope alive. Yes, ma'am. So I'm excited. You got to win. We need you in the seat. All right, girl. Well, I'm working hard. Thank y'all so much. Thank yes, you. thank you. Uh, candidates, now we, we, did, we have touched on this. Um, we have touched on this a lot because a lot of our ills is because we don't have people in office mm -hmm. that agree with what we have going on, what is totally going on, what is absolutely going on. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a gunman shooting up a bunch of white people. Mm -hmm. However, 
However, I do have to say this. I was totally surprised at that Sandy Lake thing. I, that disturbed me so much when the sh kids were harmed, the children. Okay. Uh, so do we, need, <clears throat> do we need mental hospitals back into our society? We've got a lot of mentally ill people out here. This is a question for both generations. I've got two generations here, almost three with me. I'm going to be really quick. The problem with our country, state, and city is that we are feeding too much negative to the people. Okay. What I mean by that, you you putting drug and alcohol in neighborhoods. Mm. Kids are able to buy and get it. You're putting cigarettes, drugs into the neighborhood for the kids to get. You mean the liquor stores? Liquor stores, okay. drugs, cigarettes. You're talking, you're talking about you poisoning the people, right? Poisoning the people. Wait. And so when this get in the people, yeah. it's causing the people to react and to respond in a way that's not positive. Well, not only that, let's talk about how in the homes kids are being abused. And hurting people hurt hurting people. And they grow up hurting and they retaliate mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. And they become monsters. <laughs> and they're, they're growing up molesting. They're growing up murdering. It's, it's, it's what we're feeding them. It's what we're, you know. What we're putting in front of them in the home and in the community and the neighbor, and schools. And the schools. Exactly. And we got so many homeless that's on the street. But do we need more mental hospitals? I think Where? we need more. This is what I believe. Okay. I believe we need more jobs mm. where people can work because we got so many felons. Once you get a felon on you, you can't work. So what are you doing? You are pushing that felon to go rob and steal because okay. you won't even give him a McDonald job. We need jobs for the felon. They want to try to give us a system for them to go through, but it's not helping them to work to make money so they can stay out of jail. You so know, you're bringing up a very, very important point, uh, especially with your your children. I wish we had brought your kids in, but that's, that's okay. They have a computer in front of them. Mm -hmm. One of the things I think, we have plenty of jobs right now. We got more jobs running all down the not freeway. Not for felons. No, we don't. We don't have any jobs for felons. But what I, the point I want to get to is that the cell phone now is a computer. Mm -hmm. So all of the jobs that we, as we know as jobs today, are going to run away. Yes. Did this young man, I know. The millennium. That millennium loves these <laughs> robots. Yeah. They love these robots. Yes. And they think a robot is going to run the world. And they've got a point. Mm -hmm. It is going to change the world. So what kind of job are you... Um, what do you think millennials ought to be looking at versus their customary job? Number one is go back to school. <laughs> yeah, that's number, yeah that's, that's number one. Number right one. <laughs> get, get a skilled job because these old jobs are not going to exist. Right. And it's going to get to a point to where if you don't have an education, oh. you won't even just be able to get a burger job. They're that's pushing true. for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's one of the things that, what is, I have this saying. Somebody gave it to me. The world will only be kind to the informed mind. You love that one. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. You love that one. I love it. I love it. Um, it's a fact. <laughs> honestly, personally, to me, um, I feel like my generation is a generation of creatives. We've taken a lot of first steps in a lot of directions that people in your generation just don't necessarily have a grasp on or seem to understand in the same way that my generation will. We grew up with smartphones and technology as it was coming through its most rapid form of investment, advance, advancement. That's why we're the most comfortable with it, and we're creating a lot more opportunities for ourselves to better our own positions because the ways that you guys have made your money or you guys have uh, gotten rich or like done things to establish yourselves in these in this world is it, that's cornered off that's that's cornered off that's been cornered off by y'all that that generation once it passed like there's a great uh exchange of wealth coming right now and um it's probably going to like you know the 40 year olds and stuff like my generation will have its time but that's why we're creating our own thing because a lot of a lot of things set up for you guys such as let's, let's just take real estate for example like for a person like me, like at my age, like that's that's a near near there, like neither here or there. 
unless I make certain steps to like get into that position to be in real estate. But as the rates and the the prices of stuff go up because of equity and the way that our world is like becoming industrialized, we have to we have to go online. That's why there's all these online opportunities for us to make money, all these ways for us to invest, all these ways that you guys may think is is a made up made up scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like something yeah. like a scam. But no, we're our generation is um very technologically advanced and it's like that's why we're taking the steps that we are taking right now in this day and age like the people are that are picking up on that they're becoming millionaires they're finding their way to a different type of bag if you will but what we as the older generation had patience for mm -hmm. the millenniums are not correct what we put up with mm -hmm. the millenniums were not is that good or bad it, you know it's, a double it's edge. really kind of a good thing is that good or bad it, it's kind of good i would say um me personally, like I definitely know that in your guys' generation that you had a lot more harder workers, a lot more people that were willing and ready to put their nose down to the dirt mm -hmm. until they found the diamond that they were looking for. Some people, or a lot of people in my generation, they come across their first obstacle, their first L, and they're they're ready to quit. They're really to throwing the towel in because they're so used yeah. to being told that they're so great at doing this thing that whenever they come across something that they're not good at, they're ready to just give it up. And it could be the thing that you know they're supposed to be doing. It could be their passion. You know, whatever it is, it could be relationships, family. Like, we have an epidemic of people who just aren't willing to hard work. Yeah, quitters. But what I was talking <laughs> about, I was coming from this yeah. angle yeah. to where we were, uh, the older generation was more merciful. We, we, we gave more mercy. This new generation that's coming up, they're not going to keep putting up with this racism. They're not going to keep yeah. putting up with this crap. These younger folks, the millenniums, I didn't talk to them. They sick of this. Mm -hmm. And what the millennium is going to start doing soon is retaliating back. And it's a good thing standing up. It's a good thing. And I believe we're going to lose a lot of our millenniums because they're going to stand. Like Martin Luther King, they're going to stand. And they're going to fight back. See, that's why we need more young entrepreneurs, a lot more young people trying to find ways to create money that isn't controlled by an, in, like an industry or a, a system that's controlled by people who don't deem you worthy of doing anything. You have to create everything that you want with your own hands, and that's what I truly believe. You know, oh, you have to create, okay, if you create everything with your own hands, that brings up Bitcoins, uh, because this weekend at the fight, there were people there, the, the Bitcoin conversation comes mm -hmm. up, and that's creating... So Something with what the, you're thinking about. That was created, yes, by, um, well, it's not really necessarily known, but it was created f as a form of freedom from currencies that are known nowadays. And that's just by decentralizing it. No single person can control it. Yet everything is, is monitored. Everything is um, documented by the people. It's like it's mm -hmm. by the people for the people. Wow, you know what? We have been talking almost an hour. I can't believe this. There's something wrong with your time here, Gabe, in this place. We started out with education, so we're going to end with education because I believe that the world is going to be only kind to the informed mind. So you're not in that position of not knowing how to use this thing completely. It doesn't matter what age you're old. Uh, you're not going to be a part of the real new world order, so to speak. And, and that's that becomes very very important because I don't understand we're living longer mm -hmm. we're doing a show for veterans in a couple of weeks mm -hmm. I'm looking for 90 year olds mm -hmm. that uh, 90 year old veterans is what I'm looking for right now I have two of them they're turning 90 because that's the generation that bought us over and uh, Jacob just mentioned something I wrote down and he says we will find our way so you got to use all the generations that are now here on earth mm -hmm. And they've got it. We've got to all live together. We've got to work together. Now we don't just have the generations; we have the cultures. That kind of loops back to what I was saying earlier—the whole yeah. identity thing. You know, we're not feeling a connection between all these, all these so you different. You ostracized. You feel like you're left out of what's going on. Well, I don't necessarily personally feel like that. I I don't necessarily feel a connect. Well, I guess in a way I do. I don't feel a connection towards the society that I live in. No. Okay. But I feel like a lot of people my my age or from my demographic may feel that same way as well. They just don't know how to express it. You know, like, that's a good point. That, that's I, I can understand that, and the only reason I can understand that because there's nothing new under the sun. The gen, my generation was the generation got kicked out of college. I'm talking about civil rights. My generation mm -hmm. was civil rights, so nobody understood civil rights. It was all brand new before. When, along with civil rights, we had rock and roll. Mm -hmm. That whole that I still think that's the greatest era in the world was yeah. civil rights and rock and roll. Yes. <laughs> but in any event, that the group my dad didn't understand civil rights. Mm 
he knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. The people that prayed knew something was coming. Mm -hmm. Okay, 30 years later, we're right back to the same stretch. Mm -hmm. Because the college now, you have new classes in college. You can get a degree now in beer. Yeah. 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 How to do IPAs. Mm. IPAs. Mm -hmm. What what is that? See, here I am. What? So you take wheat and barley and you mix it to a certain level. It makes the beer really strong. It's like a whole science now. So is that why you can get a degree in beer? Yeah. Okay. Miss Esther. Yeah. Before we head out, let's just say to the audience, keep up with your kids. Mm. Because yeah. I was driving and I seen a young girl by herself. And the young girl looked as if she couldn't be no more than 10 or 11. 10? Or 11. Too young to be out on a major street walking by yourself. Yeah. Parents, what are we doing? Where are your children, even in the daytime? It, are we? Is this got our intention too much? That we're, this is why our girls are missing. Because we need to put these phones down. Get, get out of the TV. Get out these men's face. And pay attention to our babies. Our black girls. They are ours. They belong to us. We got to get it together, parents. Too many girls are missing. And once again, I'm telling everyone. They know when these girls are getting took. Because there are cameras on every street. That's right. Cameras and why, and on why every corner. Why can't they use Ooh, those Yes. Ah. We I, love, I, have, we I love having it, our I own. So, we love having whew, our own. We don't want our girls missing. We've been no. talking about missing girls. Keep up with no. your children, boys and, and girls. girls. Thank yes. you very much, Alexander yes. the Great. Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you for having me on here. Yes. We, uh, yes. we thank you. We want you to vote. And today is the last day for the HBCUs. Get on the website, get your name there. I am out of time, as usual. Gabe is getting on me. And by the way, by the way, you really are. You really are. Get the scholarships. Get the scholarships. Yes. You really are the greatest audience in the world. We'll see you next time. Woo! Bye -bye.